This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. I'm Ash Bennington. I'm joined today by Ben Cowan, founder and CEO of Into the Cryptoverse, here today to do a deep dive on technical analysis on Bitcoin and other digital assets. Ben, welcome back to Real Vision. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you back. Let's dive right in. Yeah, so the first thing I, I really wanted to talk about, I think I spoke about this the last time, um, but it's just looking at the entire asset class as a whole of the entire cryptocurrency asset class. Uh, it's easy to, to focus on like one cryptocurrency, but really the, the entire asset class tells a, a pretty interesting narrative. And one of the things that I've found with an asset class that's currently going through, you know, macro price discovery where it's really being capitalized, people are really understanding what this stuff is going to be used for, is that the best way to model it, in my opinion, is through something called logarithmic regression. And the reason logarithmic regression works so well is because when, when you have lower market caps, as we know, it's easier to push prices higher. It takes a lot less volume to do so. But as the asset class grows, it takes more and more volume to really push the asset class higher. You know, it's easier to see a 10x in a smaller cryptocurrency by market cap than it is a larger one. But if you take the entire asset class as a whole and look at, uh, look at this chart here, you know, back in 2011, 2012, the asset class was only like 10 million by market cap as an entire asset class. And then as it, as it goes through the years, we obviously know it continues to move higher. But the reason logarithmic regression works so well is because these types of trend lines um, allow for more accelerated growth early on. But then as the asset class continues to grow and mature, that growth somewhat falls off a little bit. And so we want to sort of in, in, encapsulate that using just a single equation. And, and therefore, this is one of the reasons why I use this. And I think another reason is because because of the, the, the nature of logarithmic regression, it, it sort of intrinsically accounts for the idea of diminishing returns. And unfortunately, uh, diminishing returns is just you know, part of the game that we play um, and, and kind of recognizing that what was once possible on a weekend might not happen in a weekend anymore, but it could take you know, a few weeks to play out or a few months to play out just because the market capitalization is higher. So as of March 18th, 2022, the entire asset class, uh, you know, when I put this presentation together a few hours ago, was at 1.82 trillion. But I believe it's actually gone up a little bit since then. It shows you how quickly things can change. The fair value, according to our logarithmic regression fit to all data, is at about 1.49 trillion. So a little bit, a little bit lower, uh, which represents a slight overvaluation of approximately 22%. But that overvaluation isn't really that bad. And you can look at the chart and see we go through long periods of overvaluation, long periods of undervaluation. But more or less, when you're right around that fair value, um, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad place to be. You know, you're, not, you're not super far extended like we were at the end of 2017. We're not even as remotely extended as we were back in early 2021, even though the asset class as a whole is more or less around the same market capitalization. And the reason is because the fair value 
is a is a monotonically increasing function. So if we if we sort of stay at this value for the next three months, then the slight overvaluation will eventually become an undervaluation because we assume that the asset class's fair value sort of sort of grows with time. So that's kind of where we are right now, um, more or less right around the fair value. And it's been a fairly boring three or four months in the cryptocurrency asset class. I think the market is really adjusting to the new normal. Um, you don't just go up 10, 20x by market cap without without paying the price for it a little bit and and having to having to have a boring market for a while. But that's sort of where I see us um, today, just slightly or you know slightly above the fair value, but we still could you know we still have a lot to give. Ben, walk us through those trend lines on the screen, the red line uh, and then the green bands around it. Yeah, so so the red line, all I'm doing is I'm I'm minimizing the logarithmic. Well, I'm first of all, the first step is I'm minimizing the logarithmic difference between the market cap and the fair value. But the fair value is calculated through an iterative process, <laughs> so it's sort of like a you know you're you're running it through a solver and you're 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 waiting for it to ultimately converge. So I'm minimizing the summation of every single data point, the the difference between the regression line and the and the the fair value, the logarithmic difference. So that's what I'm doing on every data point. We're summing it up minimizing it through an iterative function. And, and then this is what you get. You get the red line. And what's what I think is fascinating about the red line is it it does tend to be you know, fairly, it, it does a pretty good job, I think, of like showing the macro bull markets and then the, like the macro bear markets, right? Like, so like when we're above it, obviously things are a bit heated. When we're below it, yeah, a lot of people aren't as interested in crypto, but really that's the, the, the best time to be to be getting in if history is the indication. Um, and then the green lines are are basically just translations of of that curve, you know, just shifting it um, to really show what I mean. It didn't have to work out this way. You know, it, it's not like it had to be an exact fit. But, um, you know, if you shift that red line down just a little bit, it does a pretty good job of of capturing all the all the bottoms or coming relatively close to doing so. And then you can you can come up with a similar trend line. Um, at the top to connect to connect the three the three pr prior macro peaks that we saw in 2011, 2013, and and 2017. So the the point is is just to try to get a, a you know it's not a short term chart right like we don't have no idea what's going to happen in a week or uh, a month or anything like that. But what we can see is that over time, the fair value goes up. Again, monotonically increasing, that means it never goes down. We just spin periodic phases below it or above it. And so the, the best thing to do is just kind of recognize where we are. If we're extended, you probably, it, it, you're probably better off having like a, a bearish bias. Like if we're really far extended by like several hundred percent, like three or 400%, probably better to have a bearish bias. But if we're under it by 50%, then you're probably better off, better suited having a bullish bias. You know, one of the interesting things about this chart to me uh, is that when you look at those dashed green lines, uh, those bands around that uh, central tendency, it's interesting to see that it's asymmetric uh, to the upside, meaning there's a broader gap uh, between uh, the red line and the top green line than the red line and the bottom green line. Yeah, eventually, uh, eventually, I think they will ultimately converge a bit more. Uh, part of the reason for what you're seeing is just because, I mean, we, we've seen how explosive parabolic rallies can be for the asset class. I mean, it, it, it's irrational oftentimes, and it's it's so hard to know how high things will go up 
But as, as time goes on, I, I do imagine that things will ultimately come back down. But you're right, it is an asymmetric thing, right? And that's sort of what has historically made crypto an asymmetric bet, um, especially back in, in 2019, 2020, it, it seemed like such a good play back then. And it, I mean, it still does today. I mean, it still does today. But you, when, you, when you look at this any given year, right? Like if you just took a snapshot of it in any given year and said, all right, you know, what do you think? If we're around the fair value, I would say, all right, well, you know, pretty much middle of the road, right? You're, it's a moderate risk. You know, we could go down, we could go up. If you showed me this chart in 2017, late 2017, it's like, oh, okay, we're getting pretty far extended here. This asymmetric bet is probably at the end of paying off and, and needs to go down for a while. But when you find yourself in the pits of a bear market, you have such a, a, a great risk to take at the time. Like there's, you know, of course, there's always that slight further downside that you could see. But as long as you have sort of like a, a two to three year time horizon, it historically has worked out really well. Yeah, you mentioned those rallies. And by the way, Ben, I'm cheating a little bit. I flipped to the next chart. Uh, looking at the next chart, you have three key points uh, that you've pointed out on those uh, rallies where we see actually it top touching uh, the top, Ben. Tell us a little bit about what we're looking at here. Yeah, so one of the things we've noted before is that, you know, you tend to see these like market cycle peaks and the subjectivity of market cycles is certainly there. I know not everyone agrees that market cycles are a thing, uh, but one of the things we have seen before is at least historically is that the time between major blow off tops tends to increase in time. Okay, so like, it, you know, you, you see the first peak on that chart happened after only about a year or so from, from when we first really had data. The second one, the delta between the first and the second one was about two and a half years. The delta between the second and the third one was about four years. So, you know, I mean, in, in late 2021, obviously we've, we've had a, a double peak so far at 64K and 69K, but we actually haven't gone to the upper regression band again, you know, not, not to the top. I mean, there are no guarantees that we have to. I guess you could always argue that as the, as the asset class matures, we could maybe just spend more and more time around the fair value rather than going too far below it or too far above it. But when I look at the chart, I, you know, I, I still think the asset class could, could grow a lot over the coming years without having to go through you know, a, a one to two year bear market or something. Um, so that's sort of what 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 keeps me up, you know, especially macro optimistic on the asset class right now is is just kind of seeing where we are, looking at the extension from from the fair value and saying, yeah, like we were extended from the fair value, but not as much as we could have been. And by the way, it the extension accounts for diminishing returns. So like the the distance from the fair value to the to the green upper band is is more earlier on because again the 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 lower band is sort of like a, a translation of the red one but the other the, the upper green one is is its own fit and so you can see the the red band to the upper upper green line it's it's compressing as time goes on right so like early on in 2011 you can see there's a lot more a, a lot more of a gap but as time goes on the green band and the red band are slowly converging together and so you know, when I look at this, I say, okay, there's three clear major peaks in the asset class. And in 2021, we had, we had two local tops. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. They were at least local tops. When you talk about a 50% correction, right? Like that is a significant correction, but I'm not, I'm not convinced myself that it was like what I would call a market cycle top just because of, of kind of the extension from the fair value. Uh, but furthermore, you know, we didn't actually see a blow off top 
maybe it's a sign of a maturing asset class that we didn't, you know, like like equities. Equities don't really see V tops, they see V bottoms. Commodities see V tops. Uh, so perhaps we're seeing a transition from crypto from seeing V tops to seeing more like, you know, distributive tops where you you spend a few weeks or a few months at, at local tops before then coming back down. So that's sort of what I what I understand from from these macro these macro peaks. And even in actually 2013, we had sort of an intermediate peak before the before the actual macro peak that occurred later that year. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.